Now, it was bound to be asked at some point, Marty. Somebody's setting up a bar and they're asking, what 10 Irish whiskies are the must-have if you're setting up a bar in your house or for business for that fact? Well, I, I kind of thought 10, 10's a bit much because there's so many new releases coming on in the market all the time. Uh, 10, I, I decided... We'll maybe do this in two stages. We'll do five and five. Okay, yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, now, we've been asked, we were asked this, and I actually give this quite a bit of thought because it's not... The temptation is to pick your favourite whiskies or my favourite whiskies and say, oh, these are the ones, these are the... But I, I don't think that's really what... It's not about your own personal choice. It's about picking whiskies that... What are you saying? Are you saying you have to have one that people have heard the name of, one that's smoky, one that's nah. pot-stilled, one that's, you know, cask? You know, is that what you're saying? Representative of the market is probably the best way <laughs> of putting it. And also, ones that are accessible. Uh, there's no point... I, I thought about this, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more as we go on. Uh, there's ones that I would definitely recommend people get their hands on but that's not necessarily the same as getting them set into a bar and I, I know I'm being a bit wishy-washy about all of this but I'll give you an example we tried at the weekend you and I both tried the the dapper blend from the Kennedy Castle guys absolutely thought it was superb could do with a bottle of that myself I really really would like a bottle of that and I'll, I'll get a bottle very shortly but I didn't include it in this list because just at the minute they, it'd be very hard for lots of people to get their hands on. Ask me again in a few months' time, it might be a different scenario. So, but, but some of these ones you can get readily that are ubiquitous. Well, they aren't really worth having, are they? Well, I mean, the thing about it is, if you walked into any bar and asked for an Irish whiskey, they'll reach you a Jameson. So you, you, I haven't included that in the last either because it's kind of ubiquitous. I've kind of put in a mix of ones that I think people will find interesting, that they're representative of the, the, the Irish market, that they are um, of interest and fairly available and palatable. So most people will... You'd be hard-pushed to find these would be... If anyone likes whiskey, these should be okay. You know, these, these, these are not going to put people off and you're talking supermarkets supermarkets rather than specialist whiskey shops then if, if it's accessibility not, you're going for not necessarily supermarket but more um you'll find them on pretty much any website any alcohol websites some of the distributors because i know we've got plenty of people in the u.s that are listening to this so most of these should be available in the u.s i would have thought um i would be surprised if they're not Will you be able um, to get them in India? Because an awful lot of people are listening in <laughs> India. <laughs> uh, India is a slightly different <laughs> different category. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some of these you have to go a bit closer to home, a bit closer to us to find. But they should be able to get them. If they if they persevere, they should be able to get them. So these are, these are the five that I reckon. And we'll do a follow-up five at another juncture. Okay, right. I like the sound of this. Hit us with the first one. Number one. I'm oh, going to go... We're starting at 1. Oh, we're not starting yeah. at 10 and working down the way, no? No, 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 no. This is not a countdown. All right. Because the, the reason for that is, that's what I said, if if it's just 
my top ten favourite whiskies. It's it's too subjective and okay. that's that's not for a bar. Starting at number one. Number one, Bush Mills, Black Bush. Reason being, fabulous quality, entry level whiskey, very, very, very reasonably priced. What you're getting with a black bush is almost a single malt whiskey. They they use about 70 to 80% malt whiskey. It's sherry cask finished. So it's got a little bit of grain, but it, it, the quality level is outstanding. And at the price point that it's at, it, it, it's very hard to beat. It's very hard to beat. It's very accessible. It works in cocktails. It's got that quintessential Bushmills taste to it. So it, it, it's got that biscuity, you know, the cookie kind of taste to it. Uh, those sort of cereal notes, those cooked cereal notes. It's sweet without being oversweet. And, and there's, it's, it's quite complex and very, very reasonably priced. Okay, that's a no-brainer. Twenty odd quid, thirty odd dollars. Yeah, and and as I say, it's it's kind of ubiquitous. You know, it's, it's easy to get your hands on pretty much anywhere in the world. So, if you have if you've no experience of Irish whiskey, and all you've had all you've really had experience of is maybe Jameson, this is a different. This is a step up from Jameson, but by a considerable mark. Um, that sherry cask finish. Bushmills have been using sherry casks for a very very long time so they're able to get their hands on very good quality sherry casks which means that that translates you're getting a very good quality spirit very high malt percentage exceptionally well finished at a very reasonable price so it's kind of hard to look past it okay number two then number two and this isn't second best we're talking here this is no, number two on the list absolutely this is just as i say this is a, a list of ones that I think people should have in a in an, an Irish whiskey bar. Okay, I've went for one of the new kids on the block. I went for something that'll really be a talking point, and that's Waterford Gaia Organic. Okay, we have tried that. We have Waterford really have jumped onto the scene and caused a huge amount of stir. Their figurehead, the guy that runs it, the guy who's the the main man is Mark Rainier, who caused a huge shake-up of Scotch whisky industry when he took over Brooklady. Sort of doing the same thing in Irish whisky at the minute. He's he's bringing in new ideas, new ways of doing things. It's this terroir idea, which is more or less proven beyond a doubt. Well, he's proven it a new mech spirit. I must just say that because there's still lots of people would argue, lots of people much better qualified than either you or I, Justin, who would argue that the terroir of the barley's not as important as Mark is maybe making it out to be in the grand scheme of things. But between let them argue that out, I just want to concentrate on the fact that one, the bottle's quite sexy. Right? The bottle's bright blue, glass stop. It's like something it's like something the uh, traveling uh, medicine man in, in America would would bring to you. <laughs> <laughs> Snake oil salesman. <laughs> yeah. But it's organic, which I think is is a nice way of doing things. It's it's quite complex. Now obviously this is a fairly new spirit. Uh, that's another thing I've tried to do 
on this list. I've, I wanted to get spirits from the, the, the original distillers. Maybe in part two of this, the maybe in part two I'll go for different cask finishes and so on. But on this I kind of wanted to do the new distilleries and the new expressions from the distilleries. So this is quite young whiskey, but when you taste it, it doesn't taste young. It feels as if it's a lot older or it's been matured well. It's been aged in four different casks because it's ex-bourbon, virgin American oak, French oak, and then wine casks. Errors and missions accepted, Marty. It's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Given this a lot of thought now. Given this a lot of thought. I know, because we've been working on this one for a while. Uh, a little while. So I think I think Waterford Organic, because again, it's new, different. It'll it's be a, a talking point. It'll be a talking point. Isn't that what you're saying? Well, yeah. I mean, even even the marketing and the branding's completely different. I keep saying this. Whiskey's about stories. Whiskey's about sitting down, discussing things, talking about where it's from. And once you start talking about the whole organic project, you start talking about the terroir, you start talking about Mark Rainier and what he did at Brooklady, and then you start maybe talking about the, the Water of Life film that appeared in the documentary, that's a conversation in and of itself. And that can all happen before you've even taken a drop of the whiskey. So this, to me, this sums up having that in a bar, having that in your own home bar, or having it in a, in a commercial bar, it's a talking point straight away. And that's getting your story. You're getting involved in the story. You're getting involved in the history of the distillery, etc., etc. And what's what's not to like about it? You know, even asking the question, what what is an organic whiskey? And you sit and you go, right, well, how, find out about that. And if you want to find out about it, we did a show about it, didn't we, Justin? And you can find it in Irish Whiskey Review on YouTube and on Facebook. And if you just ask your smart speaker, it'll run the podcast. Yes. So. Nice plug, by the way, Just Oh, like, yes, like it, it always flows. It always <laughs> flows. Third time lucky. What's the third one? I'm waiting for one I haven't heard of. This one is... It was my whiskey of the year two years ago. And I think it's one of the most interesting whiskies I've tasted in a, in a long time, or certainly at that point, anyway. It's the Pierce Lyons Founders Reserve. Now, the Founders Reserve talks... It's Dr. Pierce Lyons himself, who was born in Ireland, went across to Kentucky, became a, a billionaire through animal feed and etc. Oh, just a huge, huge guy in terms of what he achieved. He then started to make Irish whiskey. He bought a church in Dublin and converted it into the distillery. The stills already had been running up to that point. He then brought the stills over and, and installed them there. And if you ever get a chance to go and see the place it's probably probably the is it like a cult the whiskey is it uh well justin it's it's a fabulous whiskey it really is what it does it starts off when when you nose it it noses as if it's very light so it's very estuary so it's it's green apples white grapes that kind that kind of notes to it that's that's the way it noses, it noses it very light. When you start to drink it, it goes onto the palate and it's it's got a citrusy note to it and it changes into being sort of a richer fruit, you know, maybe maybe cooked fruit and, and a couple of little almost acidic tinges coming into it which which give it a, a, a sort of reddish fruit 
note. Okay, so it's moved from very light green estuary to being a slightly richer in the palette. Then in the finish, it starts to develop until it gets to a, a coffee note to it. So it's, it runs the whole gamut of flavours. It sounds very complex. What you're saying is there's no other whiskey like it. Is that what you're saying? Well, I would struggle. I struggle to find a whiskey that does really what it does. Um, it goes through a vast array of flavours. And it's really, really interesting. You could sit there, work with it, and go over it. You know, spend time with it. And really explore what you're getting yourself. And for that, I mean, again, it's a fairly reasonable price. It's about £45, £50 maybe. And again, readily available outside Ireland and the UK and and North America, yeah? Well, Pierce Pierce Lines, as far as I'm aware, should be available in the US. Uh... It's it's a fabulous whiskey. It really is. Um, it's a real tri- it's a real tribute to Pierce Lance and, and the vision that he had. It's the distillery when you see it. Just the stained glass windows in the church have been replaced, and they're replaced with whiskey themed stained glass windows. Gosh, that wouldn't have been cheap. No, the, the the spire at the top of the church has been taken away, and it's been replaced by a. a blue glass so even at night it lights up the whole area the the stills set out the stills set up in the altar uh and the whole feel of the place even the guides it obviously there's a cemetery attached to oh, the, gosh it's creepy <laughs> it's a bit it, this sounds very morbid but when you go and speak to the guides the guides are tell you about some of the people that are buried there it feels right it feels as if sort of organically grown up and they're nodding the head to their heritage of the church as well, by the sound of it. Absolutely, you know they're they're trying to sort of repurpose these old buildings. I I like that. I mean, if I'm honest, there's far too many old buildings sitting derelict because people don't know what to do with them. Yeah, we we, we know of old parochial halls near you that are just sitting der- derelict and they're absolutely yeah. beautiful, highly ornate. Highly ornate, and because they're protected buildings, people are scared to do anything with them. They don't touch them. And here's here's a guy took this one over repurposed it turned into a tourist attraction and then produces a whiskey that really does something that i i'm not sure there's any other whiskey on the market really does it in the way it does it so the pierce lions founder's choice is my my number three fourth the fourth Fourth. port of call the fourth port of call i have to say i have to throw in a pot still whiskey pot still whiskeys are have to be made in Ireland. They are PGI product. People's eyes in North America glaze over because they haven't really heard of these before, have they? I have done quite a lot of whiskey tastings from doing guiding work, uh, taking people on whiskey walking tours around Belfast and then stopping off for tastings. And invariably, obviously, I have to put in a pot still whiskey because it's a unique, it's a signature spirit from, from Ireland. And I'm pretty certain sure not one person has ever heard of pot still whiskey. And that was and that's from people that are of reasonable knowledge. Now obviously we're going back now, this is a year and a half ago. So things may have changed over the whole Maybe COVID people again. have had plenty of time to sit back and, <laughs> and learn about pot still in the in the previous year. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe people are maybe being slightly presumptuous that 
lots of people don't know what pot still whiskey is. Will they have heard of the distillery when you mention it? Well, they'd like to think so. (laughs) I'd like to think so because it comes from Irish distillers, the people who make Jameson. Who are basically the amalgamation of... They're the amalgamation of the entire Irish whiskey industry at one point. They owned all of Irish whiskey. And then subsequently Irish distillers sold off bits and new distilleries appeared. But the one that I picked for me is it's, it's a, it has heritage, it has age to it, it has a tradition and it also is extremely approachable and one that again should be readily avail, ready available to people and that's yellow spot 12 year old pot still whiskey in that range you have red, yellow, green and now blue spot whiskies. What does a spot mean? Well, what happened was a wine merchant, a, a spirit seller called Mitchell & Sons, they used to have casks that they kept in reserve. They didn't have a distillery. What they did was they bought spirit off the distillery, blended it up themselves or made whatever it was they wanted themselves and then sold it on. Which whiskey bonding and, and blenders, a huge history of that in the whole industry. So what they did was they used to go around with a little tub of yellow, little tub of paint and whenever something was a yellow spot whiskey it got a yellow dab of paint and that was a very easy way of indicating what it was. It was a reference to what was in the cask. Okay, this is just like uppercase and lowercase. It means nothing except the reference point. It's kind of a reference point for the people who are wanting to blend stuff up. You know, they go around and go bump, bump, bump. That's those three casks are for the yellow spot. Those, you know, it was to do with age as well and stuff. So, yeah, so that was that's what it was for. Now, yellow spot pot still whiskies are made from malted and unmalted barley. Scotch whiskey, whenever it says a single malt or malted whiskey, means that it's made from 100% malted barley. Pot still has a different technical file, a different description. It's malted, unmalted barley. And you can have 5% other grain as well. So you can have, and it's not the case in, in yellow spot, but you could have malted, unmalted barley, and then maybe 5% oats, which give whiskies a, a, a very rich, creamy complexity. So it's just to increase the flavour profile options then, is it? Yeah, but sometimes whenever oats are there, uh, it gives it a more creamy mouthfeel as well. Um... If rye's in there, it tends to get, it gives that bit of spice. That's what we mean by pot still whiskies. Uh, it used to be known as pure pot still, but then the the American Food and Drug Administration th- said that you couldn't use the word pure because that implied everything else was unpure. Okay, right. <laughs> Impure. Maybe. All right. Now, Yellow Spot is aged in three different casks. So bourbon, sherry butt and Malaga casks. Um, for me, it's the best of the range. It's very nice cereal notes in it. It's got a very sort of spice in it, so there's nutmeg. It's got a lovely mouthfeel, a really, really nice mouthfeel. Are you tasting these as we're doing these top five? It sounds not, like it. I'm not. I'm just going, I'm going for I'm actually just doing it from, from my head. But <laughs> Yellow Spot is very nice and complex. Again, I like the whiskies to sort of stand out on their own, so... I know you like your wee cocktails, you like your, your, your shake and not stirred. There's but, bound uh, to be a mixer whiskey in here. Is number five a mixer whiskey? Is it for making cocktails and stuff? No, 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 it's not really. It's still still on the, the yellow spot. Uh, you could drink yellow spot 
neat it's at 46 percent and you can have it neat if you like but it's it could take a bit of whatever really you could throw at it because it's got that complexity and you could make cocktails out of it you could put some water in it and open it up for different uh different compounds and different aromas and flavors and stuff to come out so you can work with it uh, yellow spot for me is the best of the spot range 75 80 pounds a bottle so what that be I suppose the best part of a hundred dollars a bottle you're getting it, into special occasion territory there aren't you really well it's it's not an everyday everyday sit down and have a habit of an evening whiskey it's it's really something that you would want a bit special now the waterford gaia one is about the same price as that it's about 70 pounds a bottle so there then maybe 90 dollars but then it's the dubi taxes and stuff so i appreciate that there's people listening in the states so you would just have to look out state by state i know i know it's it's very complex talking about pricing because alcohol taxes are so heavy you know yes so number five number five i was debating whether he put this in or not and then i thought you know something that's up to me so stuff them if you don't like it (laughs) it's number five is not actually a whiskey i'm just putting that down number five is a potching and the reason to put it in is because is it the cologne potching? It is the cologne potching. Mine arrived today in the post, delayed by St. Patrick's Day. It's <laughs> potching. Anyone? Um, I know there's mo- most people listening to this will have heard of potching. Absolutely. Lots of people won't. Potching is another Irish spirit. Now, it's different from whiskey in that it's not aged traditionally although the technical file allows you to age poaching for up to up to 10 weeks you're allowed to age poaching but what it does is you can have basically a mash bill of whatever you like there's there are a number of restrictions a number of things that you you have to make it from but it's really any cereal or potatoes and this is very much a reflection of what people would have made for themselves they would have made this you know a couple of centuries ago people would have been making spirits at home they'd have had a little still make their own spirits uh, and the lady of the house i suppose or the lady on the farm the guys out tending to the pigs the, the lady takes care of the house as tradition would have had it back then uh she'd have been making up these spirits and putching became illegal yeah, it was illegal to make these days there's a and we're not fight. talking pro- prohibition here we're not talking 1920 to 31 we're talking no. in ireland illegal in ireland it was illegal really because people were making it and they weren't paying any tax if i'm being totally honest that's the reason it was banned it wasn't there's this story that this people, sounds almost as good as the window tax for having windows in your house <laughs> yeah people used to board up there if you ever go to edinburgh there's still loads of the big grand houses where you can see that what were windows bricked up but bristol so and people, bath have them as well yeah, i think it's, so people didn't pay tax well putting obviously making spirits is unless you know what you're doing is is dangerous but if you've eight generation eighth generation of people who's been making this stuff on a farm to a family traditional recipe they know how to make it but they weren't paying any tax and a lot of people were making it and obviously selling it on 
illegally. So the government's banned it. Um, did the Waltons do this in television? I think they did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the idea that Pochine and Moonshine are, are, are similar, it's not that they're similar, they're exactly the same. Because it was the the, the Scots-Irish who left our part of the world up in the north of Ireland, left and went to the Appalachian and the Allegheny Mountains, and they took this distilling tradition with them, and they made uh, spirits on the farm, you know, they made it from corn over there, where, where obviously in, up here you couldn't grow the same crops, over there you couldn't grow, they couldn't really grow barley, so they just made it from different stuff. So the reason I've put that in is because it's got absolutely bags of flavour, bags of flavour. It's lovely and fruity. Um, I know one girl, and she says, oh, all I taste whenever I drink it is blueberries. It just tastes like that burst of fruit. And it really is. It's it's a fabulous spirit. Now, I actually had to just check to see what this was made from. Because I, I did have it in my head, but I forgot. It's made from a ratio of wheat, barley and oats. So, so there's no potatoes in it? There's no potatoes in it, no. You do get potato poaching, but that this is made from cereal. So it's got that wheat, it's got the barley, it's got that lovely creaminess that comes from oats. It's really, really easy to drink. And it's got bags and bags and bags of flavour. It really has. It, it would be something that... I know this is, you asked me about whiskey or we've been asked about whiskey, but it would be doing a disservice to this Irish spirits industry if I didn't put Pochin and the best one I've tasted so far is, is the Cologne. Um, so that's the first of the ten, that's the, the, the top we're, five. We're, half, we're halfway through the five and we've only done four whiskeys. Uh, we'll, be, we'll be doing vodka and gin in the next five, believe it or not, I would imagine. But uh, No, we'll not, we'll not be doing the vodka and gin. But I wonder if you put Pochin in there because Pochin is really the, the the precursor to whiskey. I mean, years ago, the, the whiskey that we would define as whiskey now, and by law it has to be like that now, is, is really not what was ever drank. I'll give you an example. Prior to the First World War, most whiskey that was sold wasn't aged. It wasn't aged for any great length of time. Okay. It was Lloyd George, who was a ardent temperance movement guy he was a teetotaler right really 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 against uh alcohol he brought in the aged spirit act in 1915 which meant that whiskey had to be aged for a minimum of three years before that the the industry didn't do it so it was basically by a government decree that it had to be aged so pochine in many ways is what would have been known as whiskey if if you looked on a any of the bar advertising, uh, the advertisements for for spirits and stuff prior to to nineteen fifteen, some of them talk about being aged, but a lot of them just say they're whiskey. And whenever they say it was whiskey, there was no real legal definition of it. So it, there's a fairly good chance when they said, "Oh, we sell this this." brand of whiskey that it was maybe only aged for a few months and maybe not even aged at all so putching a little over a hundred years ago would have been classed as as whiskey really there we go you live and learn 
Catch you Saturday night, 10 p.m. on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. Uh, a fantastic guest we have this week. We will oh. reveal all on the night. We will reveal all on the night. I'm really, really looking forward to this because she is extremely interesting. Say no more. Mm-hmm.